Welcome to another episode of Love, Lust, and Badass. <laughs> it's, it's your boy, CEO Hayes, is in the building with my lovely and beautiful co-host, the voluptuous Miss AJ Badass Jones. What's going on, AJ? And how are you? I'm doing all right. Are your feet out? They are. That's what's but up. because the AC is on and I hate AC, I've had to like put on socks from time to time, which is upsetting my life because... Summer. You know what? I, socks. I've known you. Sun. I've known you for two years at this point. I don't think I've ever seen you with a pair of socks on. Because I don't like them. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like them. I like them to look at, and it's really weird because I own a lot of socks. Like I've got Superman socks. I've got Spider-Man socks. I've got socks with weed leaves on them, long and short. I've got thigh-high socks. I've got sports socks. I have all manners of socks. I have socks that are sexy that you just wear them socks and nothing else but socks. Oh, okay. What? I'm wearing them with purpose, and then they're coming off. I don't like nothing around my feet except somebody's mouth. Mm. I mean, hey, everybody likes what they like, right? Yeah, I don't like socks. It's just weird. Like, people who sleep in socks, <clears throat> I don't understand it. Listen, okay, so here's my thing. I do sleep in socks, right? Um, I don't bring to you, though. Because I know you, because we just got done cuddling when we were asleep, so I know you know, but... So the thing is, it's like, all right, so honestly, you know, I grew up overseas, right? Yes. And so my mom, like how you have an aversion to AC, she has an aversion to heat in the winter. Like she just didn't like, because when we lived in Germany, we still had like the old fashioned pilot light that you had to go and light to make sure that your your, uh, your house had heat. So like um, she just didn't like turning on the heat. So every room had its own space heater, right? I had the second biggest room in the house. And so, like, the space heater would warm up most of my room, but right. my feet were always cold. So, like, from yeah. a young young age, I've always had to wear socks when I would sleep. And so now it's like, I can't go to sleep without socks on. Yeah, because now it's like a comfort yeah, thing you're yeah. into. So, so that's why I sleep in yeah. socks. My feet are naked every opportunity that I get. I can't. Like I'll wear socks if I'm if I'm driving because I don't like to wear my shoes and I don't like for the bottom of my feet to bottoms of my feet to get dirty. So I'll wear socks when I'm driving and I'll actually like walk outside in my socks and people think there's something wrong with me. And I'm okay with that. But the second I get to my destination, yeah, I'm not putting on socks until I leave. Yeah. Not for nothing. Yeah, hey. Minus a hundred. And I'm still not. I, I feel you. I, I I feel you. And people who leave socks on during sex, as I've told you before, are terrorists. Like that's Paris. just there's there's no way you can explain to me why you would keep socks on during sex, right? Unless it's a quickie, and then no, it's like, even you then know, you still got to take them off. If we're having a quickie in the movie theater, the socks need to come off. No, I'm just playing. I understand it then. I was gonna say, fam. They take off the socks. There's always time. Love. Love. <laughs> Lust. Lust. And that soul.
<laughs> but uh, so we are not here uh, <laughs> to just discuss socks, <laughs> unfortunately, which I could discuss feet and socks all day. You know, this is my wheelhouse. That's fine. But by the way, I have to ask you, Jones, have you ever given a foot job before? Yeah, I, I have. I, I was going to say that I've done. I, when it comes to penis play, mm -hmm. I'm unconventional. I don't like, I just, not because I'm trying to be different, but I just like different and different responses. You know what I mean? It's like the whole thing about like giving head and you're not allowed to touch me. Like, I just want to see and feel his reaction and the way that his body responds and just push him to that edge of madness and insanity almost. It's kind of like the same thing with a, a foot, a foot job because, you know, they're watching you. And your body's so far away from them that there's no way that they could possibly touch you without actually moving. And then the motion of the foot job stops, right? And it's like, okay, do I stay and let her fuck me up or do I move and get fucked up? Because now the like what I like that's being done is stop. You understand? But no, I'm foot not... job and head at the same time. You know, I'm not quite that bendy. Okay. So yeah. that shit is the holy yeah. grail for me. Listen, that yeah. shit is if that... I there I is. was matched up life like regular. <laughs> Listen, but I've only had sure. it done. Only two women. <laughs> only two women have ever done that. Been flexible enough to do that to me. One of them was a big girl. Like she was, she, her flexibility was out of this fucking world. And I think just the ability that she had to bend up her body that way, with with as healthy as she was, it just did it for me. I feel like she got to practice. <laughs> <laughs> but. What? Now I because I'm feeling okay, like my stomach is in the way, but now you make a bitch feel like she got to practice. Okay, so that's gonna be like my summer, my end of summer goal to like bend and do the foot. And oh my god, yes, there's no. And I'm and I, look, I know this is just a specific me thing, but uh, there's no single better visual than seeing somebody's feet and mouth on my dick at the same time. Just I, you know what? if I had a penis, I would have to concur. Like even as I'm thinking about it visually, yeah, I could I could see the sex appeal in that. I can see the visual, not just like the physical feeling, but the visual sex appeal. Because it's almost like, you know, when you're watching a woman give you head and she's got like both hands around your shaft. Exactly. And then her mouth is going at the same time and you're looking at all the like, the, like everything that's happening is like, fuck. It's like the feeling, but then like the visual, it just sends you crazy. So I could definitely, I could definitely see the visual appeal of that. Wow. You make me want to have a penis now. Um, you see all these things? I can't have penis envy. <laughs> but let's uh let's go ahead and move on so the first thing that we want to talk about that i wanted to talk about even though i know it's not necessarily sex related but we talk about more than just that here so the white people losing their shit over uh hallie being cast as the little mermaid a black beautiful black woman she's 19 which the little mermaid is supposed to be a teenager she's gorgeous and i've always said like chloe and hallie their music is beautiful have you listened to their music I have. Some her voice is amazing and just to imagine her performing these songs i can see why they went with her but white people are really losing their shit that a black woman was cast as the little mermaid jones what do you make of all of this to me i like a, my daughter showed me today she, they've created a facebook page an anti uh black girl facebook like people are going berserk and i just and of course, you know, it's white people. The funny thing is like when white people are cast into black roles or they're, you know, walking around with, with box braids because no black person ever calls them box braids or just braids. 
But you know what I mean? Like when white people are cast into black roles, nobody has a problem with it. So I, I just don't, I don't understand. Like we've had, like theoretically, there are two black Disney movies. There's the the the, the Princess and the Frog or the Frog and the Princess. Mm-hmm. And then there's Lion King. And everybody knows Lion King's a black movie. Like you can't- It's in Africa. It, right? It, it, and it's not South Africa. Yeah. It's in Africa. Where like everybody's black. And from all over. But even when you look at the characters, like from James Earl Jones to to Madge, whatever her, whatever her name is, like, and, and all the characters, not even just in the live action, but yeah. just in the cartoon itself, right? I just don't understand in this day and age when we talk about, you know, like, especially for a company like Disney. And I know Disney doesn't give a fuck because they cast who they want to cast. It's whatever. But people really need to just check themselves and stop the fuckery. It's like, you know, like I said, if a white person was put into a black role, nobody would have a problem with it. You know what I mean? But the second that a young black girl, and she's a young black girl, she's not an old ass person or whatever the case may be. Like, who else could possibly fit into that role and be, you know, that's, like, she's just really joyful and like her spirit and her energy isn't is it amazing like- and i don't even read energy like you do you but both both of her and her sister they have an amazing presence an amazing Thank presence you. and i can imagine her like showing up and auditioning for the role and when she sat down they knew there before she sung before she read anything they knew that they were going to cast her because that's the type of energy you want like when you think of the little mermaid she captivates i forgot the guy's name the prince's name in that movie but she she captivates him from the moment he sees her and she has that presence to fill that role and again i can under i can understand if it was like if we were casting like an english princess or something this is a fucking mermaid they don't exist so why are we attaching a color to and i mean i get it she was white in the original disney film but let's look at the time when that film was made there weren't many black people depicted especially in animation or even in film at all we were still just coming out of the black uh, exploitation films where we were character uh, caricatures of ourselves, So, like, I can understand why she wasn't drawn black, but listen, th- it's a fucking mermaid. There's, it's a mermaid. Hold on. Let me, let me take it somewhere for you that people aren't even thinking about. Her best friend is Caribbean. Yes. Her best black Caribbean. Mm-hmm. Seb- Sebastian the Crab is a black man. <laughs> No, but he is. Yeah. He's black European. You know what I mean? Yeah. How many little white girls or young white girls would say that their best friend is a black guy? Not that many. Would it not make more sense for a teenage black girl to have her best friend be a black guy? And my thing, too, is that the, but white people were so accepted, willing to accept that if a, if a black woman was cast as Ursula, like they, they yes. just like what makes Ursula inherently black? First of all, she was she was. Uh, modeled after a, a, a drag queen but yet but because she has makeup and because she like the way that she carries herself you guys associate that with black but the little mermaid can't be black i hope this whole fucking cast is black and if they don't show up they don't show up they're looking at the body size they're yeah. looking at the um the way that ursula sings is more like a like a soul jazz blues yeah. their natural association is big fat black woman exactly. you know what i mean but of course a mammy but and it's because it's like, yeah, the, the whole thing is just crazy. Those people, honestly, they just need to drink bleach and just kill themselves if that's the case. Uh, and that's maybe that's bad for me to say, and it's whatever. But like, you have so many people that are upset about the wrong fucking thing. There are more important issues for you to be worried about, like the fact that women are not allowed to have abortions in certain states past a certain age. Like the fact that if a, a, a girl gets raped and she doesn't tell anybody and she's like four months into her pregnancy, she can't get rid of it. Yeah. Worry about that shit. You've got more important things to worry about than the fucking cast. 
of a Disney movie and the fact that they made a young black woman the lead role. Yeah. Really? I, ju- I just can't wait to this movie because if this shit is, they haven't even shot a single scene in this movie yet. Wait till yeah. the first trailer drops. And I hope to God that they don't put a wig on her. They just dye her dreads red. Because let's 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 embrace all the blackness in this shit. Like Man. And the, yeah. and the thing is, is that Disney has been has shown that they're not afraid to. Like Disney owns Marvel. The Black Panther, which was a, almost a complete black cast, they embraced and pushed that movie. So Disney is not gonna give no fucks about you white people and y'all uh offense over over black women being cast as little girl. That can take money out of Disney's mouth. They've got Disneyland, Disney World, Euro Disney, Disney in China, Disney uh, in in New York. Like they've got Disney memorabilia and fucking Walmart and the corner store. You know what I mean? They've got Disney movies on VHS and they don't make VHS anymore. They've got Disney on DVD, Disney on Blu ray, Disney online, Disney. They can't, nobody can take money from Disney. Disney can give zero fucks and nobody can say, Disney could, could. Listen to me. Disney could make porn and nobody would care. Yeah, yeah, that's not so, nobody. Nobody cares. Tuck your feelings. Right about it. You know yeah. what? You don't want to take your kid to because you know they've ruined the classics. Sit the fuck down and don't watch it. Yeah. Watch the old version if that's the case. And like, that's seriously? the thing too. Like people are not like they're not going to ruin or take away all your Little Mermaid VHSs and DVDs. You still have that to embrace it. This is a new reimagining. And you know what? Like my kids. My kids just recently saw Little Mermaid and only because. Uh, we were just going through Disney movies. They had never seen it before. Like this, uh, there's a whole new generation that, for for a generation of people, this is going to be their Little Mermaid. They, right. Like, so, yeah. No, this, my my kids, like you know, because that was around the time when they were born, mm-hmm. so they have that version of it. Yeah. But they're also even with my son, they're excited to see the new version of it and see what they do with the live action. So they've got those kind of comparisons. I just don't understand why people limit themselves artistically creatively mentally like it's just it's just not necessary and yeah. again at the end of the day if you're not about it because it's a black girl who ruins the image of a fictional sea creature <laughs> don't watch it yeah don't watch it the original version online don't watch it nobody's forcing you to stay the fuck home but you know it is what it is. Uh, let's let's move on. I do have an update, and this is something I actually just saw, so it's not on our sheet, AJ. So forgive me. But an update to uh, what we talked about last episode, where the pregnant woman who got shot, the yes. prosecuting attorney declined to move forward with the case for her. So she's she's been set free. Thank God. Um, that was just one of the. the... I think they got so much backlash uh-huh. for the bullshit that they had to like what 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 could you possibly say? You're going to charge the person that didn't have the gun and didn't pull the trigger. Yeah. You're going to charge her because she instigated a fight? Yeah. Yeah. Does, does that sound... I know it sounds dumb to me and you, but I'm glad the rest of the world and the prosecutor realize just how stupid that is to be prosecuting a woman who's already suffered. You're going to additionally put her in jail and she's not the one who had the gun. Yeah. I don't know, y'all. I can't even say y'all, but American gun laws, I just... I don't understand. I really and truly don't. Yeah. Well, hey, I'm just glad she got off. So I wanted to give an update on that because I know we were both kind of we were really upset that she was getting prosecuted. So congratulations. They they did something positive there. But let's get into our first topic for the day. This one is a doozy. AJ, I'm going to let you go ahead and, and, and read this one. So uh, apparently there is a man who is the father of 22 children uh, because he's donated sperm. And in some cases, 
he's he hasn't gone through a sperm bank and these individuals haven't gone through a sperm bank to get his sperm. He's meeting up in a public washroom and pulling out his sperm to lesbian couples who want to conceive as well as to heterosexual couples who want to conceive but they don't necessarily have the means to pay for all the extras. Um, so this man has fathered 22 children, um, some of whom he's in contact with, uh, and he sees them regularly. I don't think he, like, he doesn't do, like, any sort of financial support or anything like that, but he is in contact with them. He sees them, you know, especially for the same-sex couples, they're aware that that's their dad mm-hmm. uh, or their biological parent. Um, and then there are other children who he sees uh, once a month, and then there are other children he sees once a year, and then some of them he has no contact with at all. So his rationale behind being a goodwill or good a good Samaritan, the good Samaritan of sperm, is that um, he's in, sometimes he's in a public washroom beating off anyways. So why not beat off into a condom and don't <laughs> donate it to a couple? So, and then he said also in some cases, he's fucked some of the women and gotten them. A lot of cases he, he actually said, like, here's my thing. I, and and I and look, I I have been asked to donate my sperm before uh, to actual my my uh, lesbian friend Adrian. She and her partner wanted they wanted to know the father, so they asked me. At the time, I was married, so I declined. I honestly probably would have done it because they're I look at them as family. Um, but my, my wife didn't want me to at the time, which I understood. So it was no question um, that I didn't do it. But I I would be open to doing something like that. My thing is that my fear of it is is that. He, that because there's nothing legal, there's nothing in writing. If all 22 of these women decided we're going to file child support on them, he would he still have to pay. He, they would be getting a dollar forty nine. Yeah, true, like true, true. But I'm just saying, like, let let's say let's say for some reason he hits the lottery, right? And they all decide to file child support, right? So uh, my, my so my thing is, is that even if you wanted to do, if you want to help these women to where they don't have to go through all the extra means, I still say that if you're going to do this, you kind of need, I would still say draw up a contract that they still have to sign just to protect yourself. I hope, well, and he's not having protected sex, clearly, if he's doing it to conceive. So it's like, I worry about it for that sense. But there there's something to be said about a man who's giving, who's willing to help women, same-sex couples, whatever, have a baby. There's something commendable about that. But it's still just... It's just a little wild to me the method that they're going through. Like you show, like he said in the example, like he can't pull up porn on Target's Wi-Fi, so you're in Target jacking off. <laughs> so it's just like but the thing that I'm thinking about. It's like okay, for me, there's a couple of issues with it. Uh-huh. This one is less of an issue, but like, why are you in Target's washroom jerking off in the middle of the day? Like you don't have work to go to. Like you don't have nothing else to do. Like, or, or does he have a porn addiction that he's walking around and just you know whatever? But outside of that. Um, my biggest issue with it is the, um, the screening safety process that is not happening Mm -hmm. because, you know, with sperm banks, when you donate sperm, there's a testing process that it goes through, um, to make sure one, that the sperm is viable two to make sure that there are no diseases, um, nothing communicable that's being transferred along with the sperm. Um, and three, I think that they do some sort of genetic testing to make sure, just to kind of map out the genetics of it, right? Um, I, I remember reading a story years ago where a same-sex couple went to a sperm bank and they had asked for, you know, like white male, 
um, within a certain like age group, um, you know, they track things like, you know, the type of uh, career that the person does like to see their mm. smarts and that kind of anyways. So they conceived, they had this child, um, when he was 14, he graduated, graduated university. So they went back to the sperm bank to like, to just kind of dig and ask questions and they were allowed access to this man's file. He was basically a rocket scientist. You know, people use that term. Oh, you're not a rocket scientist. He was actually a rocket scientist. Um, you know, like he had an, uh, like a, an IQ that was off the charts. And so through his sperm genetically, the son that they conceived, the same sex couple, he was a genius. Like I said, he graduated, he graduated university when he was 14 years old. Um, but, and, and not that that part is important, but, you know, just sort of like the whole genetic testing and the fact that that that's being missed, that for me would be the biggest issue outside of that. I think it's a blessing. And I think that it's something really nice um, that he's doing, especially for couples who can't afford to pay, you know, the five and $10,000 that it takes to conceive and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I mean, Hey, more, Hey, what works for people, it's working for them and everyone in, in this situation seems to be happy. Um, so, um, Hey, whatever. Works for you. Yeah. It was definitely a positive article. Yeah. So let's get but into like, this next one. <laughs> this next article, uh, go ahead and read AJ. Oh, Lord. So the title of the article is Why Am I Dark Daddy? Uh, so there's a white couple who has mixed race children after an IVF blunder, not with one child, but with two of their children. Um, so apparently this couple was having difficulty conceiving and they went to a clinic. Um, I think there was issues with the, the husband's sperm. So they went to a clinic, and of course, you can identify the race of the individual that you want. You won't know the exact specifics, but you can identify the race of the person and, and just sort of some sort of like background. Um, they made a mistake and impregnated the wife the first time. Uh, and this is the thing I don't understand how they fuck up twice, but they impregnated the wife the first time with the sperm of a South African male, assuming that the male was white. But what actually ends up happening is it, it tells you genetically that it's it's a white race mix, which means the person also has black somewhere in their family. Uh-huh. And I know them genetics, they can skip generations. Yeah. So you they have a very pale looking child that looks white, blonde hair, blue eyed. And then our baby has babies that are black. Well, it's just, <laughs> like, it's I mean? just like Xavier with me. Like I'm half white. Right. But I don't look it if you just look at me. But my yeah. sons have, they look mixed, even though technically their mom's black and I'm black. So it's like, yeah. Exactly. And then their kids may even look more, more mixed black. Yeah. than you, you know? Um, so their first child they had this mishap with, it's whatever. The, their first child is a, a, a girl and she's a little bit lighter, but they go back for a second round of IVF. And the same thing happens. And this is what I was saying. The fuck up I can understand once, twice in a row, somebody's doing it intentionally to you. I don't know if they just wanted to give them the same um, uh, sperm so that the, 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 the children would be, like, biologically related. Uh-huh. But the child actually comes out black, like me and you complexion. And so now, you know what I mean? Except his hair is, like, straighter, wavier, whatever. And so, you know... The dad is a little concerned, loves his kid regardless, but now it's like everywhere they go, they have to explain that the child is not adopted. You know, everywhere they go, they have to deal with, you know, people asking him, oh, did your wife cheat on you? Why is your kid so dark? Oh, is your kid from like, you know, did your wife have an affair with a Brazilian or somebody who was Spanish or Latino or whatever? And so, you know, they kind of laugh it off, but it's, it's causing issues in their relationship now because they know what's happened. 
But it's just, it's too daunting and actually nobody's business to have to try to explain it. But now the worst part of it is a little boy is now asking, why am I black and you guys are not? Like you're my mom and my dad. I wasn't adopted. You said that you grew me in your belly. So what's going on? <laughs> like, what's up? I, I, feel um, like, I feel like whatever clinic they were going to, they were playing a prank on them. Like, I, like this had to be intentional. Like, it, this can't happen twice to no. the same person. Like, and maybe... I don't know. Maybe the wife like marked on there secretly. The father didn't say that she wanted some black sperm. Like I, I don't know. Like, cause this, I don't. I... Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, like I said, the only thing I can think of is that somebody decided that the children should have the same biology, and so they just said, okay, well, we fucked it up once. Let just let's just this... give them a second round. So wait, are the are the are the um the two kids? Do they come from the same sperm donor? Like, so are they? Yeah. Oh, well, then that makes sense that they did it twice. Like you said, maybe they wanted the kids to be... Same batch of yeah. sperm. Okay. Um, that, like the little girl, like I said, she got more of the the white genetic that is in his mm. sperm, whereas a little boy got more of the dark genetic that's in his sperm. Um, and so, like, you know, again, like the father, he, he states very clearly that he loves his son and there's nothing that's going to change that. It's just difficult in the community that they live in to have to repeatedly keep explaining why their son is dark and now it's hitting home with the child because people are teasing him. And so now yeah. he's asking, and that's you know, the dad is right. And so the dad's like, Oh, you know, um, the stork dropped you off and you know, so you were closer to the sun and you know, you just got a little bit of a darker complexion, but you know, you look just like that. See, like, and, I I and maybe that's me. Cause I, I, I believe in just telling kids the, the truth. Like, and that's part of that's part of the reason why my like the whole stork thing. Like when my kids asked about how they were made, I said, I got on top of their mommy and I busted her. Never mind. <laughs> no, I mean, um, yeah, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Because that's just way more information than I need right now. I don't even know how the fuck your kids would process that. I said, your, mom, your mama popped it, busted it wide open for a real nigga. Yeah, no, really? really? <laughs> I, I, I just, I can't. Did I ever tell you a story about my coworker, how she told her son that she pooped him out in the toilet because she didn't want to tell him that she gave birth to him is in, from her vagina? What? And they're having class. There's health class. You know what I mean? Like, I think he's like 11 or 12. And the teacher asks the question, does anyone know where babies come from? And he's feeling all hype with himself because he's like, oh, I know. My mom talks to me about stuff. Nobody else's mom talks about Oh, that's about hilarious. Feeling proud. And the teacher picks him and he stands up and he said, my mom pooped me in the toilet because babies come from mom's bum. And everybody laughed him to scorn. See, the this is why you had, don't lie to kids. The teacher had to call her and she had to go to the school and she's like, oh my God, what's wrong? And she's like, why would you tell your son that he came out of your bum? And she's like, what? And so the teacher explained to my colleague what happened. She's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. She's like, I just didn't know how to tell him that he came out of my vagina and this... And he was, he, this, she said her son didn't speak to her for like two weeks. He refused to talk to her. Because he was humiliated. Yeah. Wow. So, and I'm sure kid, you know how kids can be. So he's, he's the, he's the shit kid now. Like. Right. Like, Your mom shit you in the toilet. <laughs> exactly. Like that's, like, yeah, don't lie to kids, people. Don't, don't lie to <laughs> children. I understand that they're children, but still like, you gotta, you, you can water down the truth to a certain extent, but you just be honest with them. And that's always the. And that's what I say, and I just don't understand that. Like, there's a version of the truth that you can give them that they will understand at the age that they are. Yeah. And as they get older, you fill in more of the blanks because, you know what I mean? 
you've got kids that are like 10 and, and touching and feeling and having sex. You've got kids that are younger than that. You've got people who diddle kids and kids don't know about their own bodies. Teach them. You know what I mean? Don't let somebody else teach your kid. Just give them the information, but give them to them at an age in an age-appropriate way that they will understand. And as they get older and they mature, break it down a little bit. Don't tell them about their mom popping open their pussy wide for a, a little <laughs> People don't do that version ever. I'm just saying. <laughs> you know, Bust it open for a real nigga. Um, <laughs> let's move on. So we have uh, those are two articles. So we have um, listener questions uh, for the second half of this show. So the first one is from um, a faithful listener, and I won't reveal her personal information, but um, this is a long one. So dig in, people. Um, <laughs> okay, so this one goes high. So I don't know. I'm going to ask for both opinions on this. I recently realized that I'm becoming secretly more heartless when it comes to my dating life or just people in general. I feel like it's because I've had so many people walk all over me and fuck with my emotions and my good heart that I'm beginning to become what I hate. I recently went on two dates over the course of two months. One guy was really sexy, but ended only one, ended ended up only wanting sex. And I'm not someone to fuck so easily. I told him after a little to no conversation that he wasn't able to keep my interest and he responded with damn you're breaking my heart right now i thought you were different i feel like something in me should have felt bad but i felt nothing second guy was good was a god awful kisser he was awkward and uh, obviously had no social skills when we actually decided to hang out with our friends he's he's texted and called me and i kind of just let him spill to me how much he claims to be in love with me giving occasional ums and ahs yet feeling yet not feeling a damn thing I've become like this with every anyone outside of the four friends I have, friends and anyone looking to date me. I've also begun to believe that I am not able to be in a relationship at my age because I'm slowly starting to see games and tricks people play towards each other, and I guess I decided to just sit this one out. I've never felt like this before. I feel like I have some newfound secret anger towards people that use me for their own benefit and nothing in return, and I slowly took that and turned it into someone that forgives no one and doesn't care for anyone else's feelings because no one cares for mine. Please give me opinions, insight, ECT, ETC, because I'm not sure if I like this or not. Sorry that this was so long and all over the place. Love you both are. Okay. I'm going to take this one first, just because this is someone that I honestly really do care about. Um, They've, they've said that I'm like their father figure in a way. So I feel like I do have to, give some great advice here. A, you're too young. I'm, I won't say your age here to be this worried about this relationship shit. At the end of the day, anyone, let me let me not say anyone, because some people do date and meet someone and stay together this young, but more than likely anyone you meet or date now is only there temporarily. And like I've said several times before on this podcast is that when you really stop and, and think about it, 90%, 99% of relationships are destined not to last. This is when you think about it. If we look at it as we are dating till we eventually meet meet someone, marry them, and be with them, most of the people you date aren't going to be around for a while. I mean, aren't aren't going to be around forever. So don't let it turn your heart. And I understand getting cold hearted and and stuff to that. But once once you put that in perspective, that people aren't going to be there forever. Don't try to make them be there forever. Don't even have the expectation to be there forever. If they earn into that, if that ends up being the case, then. You, you can embrace it there, but every relationship that, you, that you're in isn't supposed to be this grandiose thing. Secondly, if you feel like you have people who have taken advantage of you, fuck those people. You can be heart like I wouldn't say be heartless to everyone, but learn to, to get those people out of your life and then treat the ones that stay around 
with that much more love uh, that, that you can give to them. But people come, people go. Um, and you kind of have to put that in perspective. And again, at the age that you are, more people are going to go than stay. It's just period, point blank. More people are going to go than stay in your life. Don't let it turn your heart. Don't worry about being heartless. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I honestly just feel like, and I don't want it to kind of just minimalize anything, but at the end of the day, really, truly, and honestly, you're too young to be worried about this shit. And that's just at a personal level for me, knowing you, anyone else who's in this situation um, that's older or whatever, at, like, don't let, pe- don't let people stay around to try to sap your energy for them. Choose people who choose you, but you have to choose you first. And that's the thing. You have to choose you first and foremost above any and everything else. AJ, what do you think? Um, I definitely agree uh, with the piece about the age being a factor. Um, you're definitely, it, it, it's, I feel like it's too heavy and too much for someone of your age. Um, the friends that you have at this point in your life are not likely to be around um, 10 years from now or 20 years from now. And, and if they are, it'll probably be maybe one of those individuals. Um, I feel like you have a lot of emotional work that you need to do to get yourself right. Instead of worrying about dating. If you have four friends that are really good, solid friends, spend time with them in, in a non-stressful, non, Oh my God, I have to, you know, be committed to this thing and expend all this emotional energy like if it's if it's a situation or hanging out with people that's going to stress you don't do it if the four people that you have in your life are good solid kind compassionate caring they care about your well-being and they sustain you spend time with those people and focus on building back the good energy that you seem to be depleting wasting time with people who are not you know, I feel like take dating out of the equation if it's causing you stress and, and if you're not um, benefiting emotionally, mentally, um, in, in any way, shape, or form. You know, if the four friendships that you have right now are, are the, the relationships that are sustaining you, focus on making those relationships stronger and healthier. And really just take a break. Take a break and work on your mental and emotional well-being. Like, you sound like you're over some shit um, or fed up and tired, and, and that's a key indication that, you know, um, you just need to do some personal work and, and just take some time to be with you. Um, you're young, and I don't mean that in any sort of disrespectful way, but dating doesn't need to be a priority right now. You're not looking for a husband. You know, you're not looking at a long-term relationship. Like, yes, we all want companionship, but it'd be different if you didn't have uh, a boyfriend and didn't have friends, then, you know, that's kind of like a dicey situation, but you have four people in your life who... I'm hoping are really good people to you and I'm hoping are good friends to you and that they're not draining your energy. Focus on, on those relationships and spending time with those people. Maybe give dating a break for a little bit. Yep. I agree wholeheartedly. So let's go ahead. We're going to take a break. I know we were supposed to take schedule was a little off. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. After. Hey guys, it's your girl back easy. Hi everybody. It's your girl, Joanne. Hey guys, it's Trell and this is the, the team. team. And we want to welcome you into our group chat where we talk any and everything from ABCs of sex to finding your passion. Catch us every other Tuesday on Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and YouTube. Because we lit. Take that, take that. <laughs> All right, AJ, our next question. Um, AJ and CJ, do you believe that an agreement that just started as sex can transition into a, he- a healthy, full-fledged relationship? I feel like we kind of have talked about this several times, but, you know, I'm a, I always get excited when something like this comes up. 
Yeah. Do you want to take it first? Or you want me to take it first? Oh no, no. I was just I was laughing at you because you're like, oh boy, this is a deep one. Like, <laughs> so no, I mean, the thing is, is I think that as long as that both parties agree to that, that it, I think anything's possible. But you have to communicate your wants and desires. You have to communicate where you where you currently are. Just because you, if you're currently at a place where it's just a sexual thing, doesn't mean you can't try to re-communicate that into something else. But you have to be honest with how you feel. But you have to be open with that person may not feel that way. So once you take once you take that genie kind of out of that box, um, it may not be able to put back in. So you deciding that you no longer are happy with just the sexual situation, if you want to present it as maybe we can get into an exclusive relationship, you have to be prepared that if that person doesn't want that, then you may have to end that sexual agreement as well for not only your health, but because that's not may not be what they want. So um, I think as long as, as we keep talking about here, as long as it's communicated, you guys have an uh, open conversation about it and you're honest with how you feel and where you are and you're, and you're receptive to hearing where they are as well and not just trying to force your wants on them, Anything's possible. Communication, communication, communication. It's it's the key to everything, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, any like you said, any situation can work as long as there's been communication. Um, and and so let's just say that both parties agree and they want to move forward. Um, make sure that you talk about what the ground rules are. Make sure that you discuss, you know, what your needs and wants are that both parties do that, you know, because the relationship will change heavily because whereas before it was just a sexual relationship where, you know, you guys hang out and have sex. Now there's a relationship component to it, which involves feelings, which involves consideration, which involves time, which involves commitment, which involves more communication and actual work. You know, it's not the type of work where you're hopping in the sack and fucking and making sure everybody, you know, nuts as many times as they need to. And you go about your merry separate ways. It becomes a whole different thing. And if that's not something that you're prepared for, don't broach it with the person. You know what I mean? Like, don't go there. If you're if you're considering getting into a relationship, you need to be mentally and emotionally ready for what a whole relationship is versus just a sexual relationship. And I think people think that that transition is easy because, oh, my God, we have great sex. Okay. <laughs> Have you ever had a really good conversation? Have exactly. you ever had and had to recover from the argument? Have you ever spent, you know, two solid days together where it's, you know, shit, fart. I was gonna say poop because we say poop, but you know what I mean? Like the person is is able to see all of you see me and live with me is two different things. Like, have you had those kind of interactions? Again, having great sex doesn't make a good relationship. You know, a good relationship is what makes a good relationship, and you need to have a good foundation. Are you guys friends? Can you be friends? What are your common interests? You know, is the fact that you have differences something that's going to be a burden in your relationship? Like there's there's so much more to it. Not because you guys have a great sexual relationship means that you're going to have a great relationship relationship. And I'm not trying to knock anybody who's trying to bridge that gap. I'm simply saying that there's more to consider than just having good sex. Yep. There's a lot more to consider. Yep, yep, yep. So, yeah, I mean, that's a topic that we kind of talked about uh in several different ways but i agree with you it's like you can't and you can't just think if the sex is great that the relationship is going to be great so as long as you keep that in focus then you know like like i said anything's possible just communicate please 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 communicate don't think men or women please stop thinking that good sex or how good they fuck you means that they want to be with you let's just please stop that narrative in 2019 let's please do that fantastic sex with and i don't even want to be friends with them yeah 
like you're you're really good penis i i don't care what's going on in your personal life i don't care what's happening with your baby mama i don't care what's happening at your job i just need you to suck my pussy really good and give me that good dick let me have you know my orgasms then and um i'll maybe chill with you for about 15 minutes and i'm going the fuck home <laughs> <laughs> savage oh uh, let's go ahead <laughs> the nature of our relationship like we don't have nothing else you know what i mean yeah. whereas like there's people that i slept with that like we're, we're cool like we're friends and we have a vibe it's just that you know sex got thrown into the mix or whatever but we're cool and we have a vibe but that also doesn't mean that that's somebody that i would want to be in a relationship with like there's there's got to be more than just good sex you're doomed to failure yeah yeah and my, and my, my thing is too is like i could ha- i could have just sex with somebody that has great pussy but for me to be in a relationship with you, your feet have to be up to par. So, like, you already should know. Like, you can tell by if you look at your feet and you're like, oh, they're decent, then no, I'm just fucking you. You just, that's, you can just know that. Off the, off Did he the come just with my voice? Huh? Yeah, he Puppy. loves your voice. He loves your voice. Um, <laughs> but uh, let's move on to the last question for the day. This one is yeah. a doozy. You wanna read this one or you want me to? Uh, I'll take this one. Right, so, it's. It doesn't matter what type of job a person does, and am I being shallow by not wanting to date a man that does certain types of jobs? I met a man at the supermarket, a beautiful black man, and we got to talking. We exchanged numbers, and we've been out on two dates. We got along really well. The conversations were really easy and flowed nicely, and he has a great sense of humor. But I got stuck when I asked him what he does for a living, and he said he's a landscaper. Now, from what I understand, landscaping only happens in the summer and spring months, and he didn't mention anything else, and I was kind of turned off by that because I kept wondering, what does he do for money the rest of the time? Now, keep in mind, he drives a really nice car, he dresses well, and paid for our meals both times we've gone out. Am I being shallow by not wanting to date him, really, because I can't see myself introducing him to my friends as this is my boyfriend, the landscaper who only works seasonally? Bitch, yes, you are. (laughs) You're shallow as fuck. Yeah, I I don't have much to add to that. You're shallow as hell. Um, the thing is, is that you shouldn't be if somebody treats you right, if they fulfill you, if they're mentally stimulating, if they're sex, if they're pleasing you sexually, and you're worried about not even it doesn't even sound like you're worried about how much money they make. You're worried about introducing them and how the title of their job will come off to the people you're introducing them to. Fuck you, because that's stupid. <laughs> that's fucking idiotic. I. Come on, yeah. man. Like, for real? That's, that's just you stupid. Know, you do have, and, and I won't say that it's it's all women because I know that there are some men, but you do have people who will treat you differently based on the type of job that you do. And so, like, for for me, like, CJ, you know what I do, and, and you know what my background business is and all that kind of stuff. I will tell you, there are some times when I will, you know, like, I meet a man and I'm talking to him and, you know, he's scholarly and he does this, he does that, and, you know, he's got this degree and that degree or whatever. And then I feel some kind of vibe from him. And so when he says to me, oh, what do you do for work? I tell him I work in an office. Mm-hmm. Oh, what, what do you do in the office? I, I'm office administration. I answer phones. I'm a secretary. High grade secretary. And they're like, oh, okay, well, you know, is that like your career path? The second the conversation turns that way, I know it's a fuck you. Because how? why does it matter that I work in an office? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm a good, decent Oman most of the time. I live someplace. I have my own car. I'm in my own home. I have all these other things going for me. I don't look popped on and I'm not living on the street and I'm not homeless and I'm not living in a shelter. The fact that I work in an office is going to determine for you whether or not you want to continue to talk to me. 
right? For some people, your job is the status. And you have, okay, so now I'll take it back to women. You have women who will look men that are in positions of power so that they can be the arm candy for that man that's in a position of power. They don't give a fuck really about him per se. They just want to know that, you know, oh, he makes six figures and he drives a Benz or he drives a Bimmer and he lives in certain parts of, you know, a city or whatever the case may be. That to me is some bullshit because he could be a woman beater. He could be a rapist. He could be a sack of shit that just has stuff. You know, you're out on a date with a, a, a nice guy who has paid for your dinner and you haven't had to put out a dime. You said he dresses well, has a car, which probably means that he either owns his own home or whatever. You know, if he's gainfully employed, and if you're a landscaper, you're an entrepreneur, if he's gainfully employed, are you that fucking dumb that you can't reason with yourself that he is frugal and that he financially manages himself well, that even if it is in the winter months that he's not working, which is highly unlikely, because there's all kind of shit that you can do in the winter months, like fucking clean people's driveways and all that kind of stuff and the snow plowing. That's also part of landscaping, bitch. Yeah, some landscapers make enough to where they don't have to work in the fucking winter. So, like, listen, I my thing is it like at this point in my life, I really don't give a fuck what you do for a living, as long as you're not prostituting. Right. Like, like, what if you're a stripper? I'm secure enough in myself that if you're a stripper, okay. I don't. If you're if you're if you're a stripper and strictly a stripper. I don't mean the yes. strippers who go in the back room and you pay them a little something and they give you a blowjob. I mean, if you're solely a stripper, who am I to fucking judge you? Right. Who am I to fucking ju- judge what you do for a living? If you got the talent and that's what you enjoy doing, I don't give two fucks. You bet. As long as you can come home and strip for me from time to time, I don't give a fuck. Like, and then that's how secure I am in my in my current place at, in life. Ten years ago, if you would have asked me, that, I would have said fuck no. Nah. But now, I really, I honestly, I don't give a fuck. Um, I'm going to become a stripper. I mean, just make sure you, you pass out love, lust, and badass soul cards when you're stripping. Oh, you got, see, what you got to do is you got to find a way to shoot it out your pussy, the card. <laughs> you just have to ruin all of my visions and ruin all of my dreams. Really? This is what we do on a regular basis, right? Oh. You just have to ruin Oh my god. That is hilarious. No, no. Hi. It wasn't hilarious. Not <laughs> wasn't at all, like, your face. And listen, listeners, this is why you guys need to subscribe on Patreon because this video, if you see her face <laughs> react to what I just said, is worth the mission enough. But nonetheless, um, wow. I can't believe I just said that. Um, no, I can't believe it. <laughs> Honestly, I gotta talk to your mom. Mama Hayes and I, we need to have a conversation. I don't know what you can do at this point in time, but like for real, you you don't you have no no autopsy, no behaviors. I don't. Um, but uh, I know I said the last. We have another one, uh, another listener question. You ready for it? Yep. And this is the last one. So my husband and I have been having an ongoing battle because he wants to keep discussing issues that his friend is having in his marriage. I have no problem with him supporting his friend, but he seems to always be one sided believing what his friend says and i have sense enough to know that every story has three sides his hers and the truth but every time i tell him that he acts as though his friend's version is the only version there is because he's not really friends with the wife like that i keep telling him that we need to stop having conversations about them and if he wants to support his friend that's fine but stop bringing those discussions home to me because i'm not interested in hearing what are your thoughts i mean fuck you said it what what what's left to be said the thing is too is that 
I get it. You're his wife. He probably wants to talk to you about everything. But if it's causing tension in your guys' relationship, then he yeah, doesn't. Then you, you, you need to leave that shit on the phone with your friend. Like, there's, there's nothing and nothing else or no one else should bring any tension into your relationship because of what they're going through. Like, it, right. doesn't, it doesn't make any fucking sense. So if he can't respect that boundary, you need to reiterate to him how strongly you are. And even then, some of this, when he brings it to you, you just need to look at him in the face and say, okay, I'm not talking about it. I told you I'm not talking about it. Eventually, he'll get it. Because he'll get tired of you looking at him like, motherfucker, what are you, what are you doing? So yeah. that's my opinion. I think that people don't realize how much damage they can do in their own relationships by bringing other people's bullshit into their relationship unnecessarily, right? It's like, if you talk about it once, okay, fine. You know, if you talk about it twice, okay, maybe fine. But by the time it gets to the third and fourth and fifth time, oh, hey, did you know that uh, Sam said this about his wife? And you know Sam's wife is not... How do you know Sam's wife's not doing that? Oh, because Sam said, have you talked to Sam's wife? No, but Sam said, okay. So every week we're going to keep doing this or every day we're going to keep doing this. First of all, Sam needs to go get fucking counseling. And Sam and his wife need to go get marriage counseling. Sam needs to stop talking to you because that bullshit is coming into our relationship and interfering with our relationship. And I'm not interested in hearing about whatever's happening with your friend. You're his friend. (laughs) There needs to be a full stop after he's talked to you and you guys have bantered back and forth, I'm not interested in hearing whatever's going on with Sam and his relationship. I listened to it the first and second time. I'm not doing anything past that in, in any way, shape, or form, you know? Because now I'm going to get aggravated with you by the fact that all you want to talk about is Sam and his relationship. Because you know what's going to end up happening? Sam is going to start envying your relationship because you have such a great relationship with your wife. And because you can go home and talk to your wife about everything and he doesn't have that with his wife. I guarantee you the next thing that's going to come out of Sam's mouth is, oh, I really like the relationship that you and your wife have. I love the way that you guys are. You can talk to your wife about anything. And she always listens to you and she supports you. My wife doesn't do that. You see when that bullshit starts happening? Leave it the fuck alone. That's when the husband needs to say to Sam, like, honestly, I can't keep doing this with you. You're my boy. You know, I I feel badly about whatever's going on in your relationship, but you need to talk to somebody who can actually help you because I don't have any suggestions or solutions for you. Focus on your fucking happiness, sir, (laughs) before your wife kicks you out of the damn bed and then you end up like Sam and his wife. Exactly. Then you'll be sleeping on Sam's couch. (laughs) Funny how that works. you're You're not even the couple that had the fucking issue. So, yeah, just... Put everything in perspective. Put everything in perspective, people. I, I get wanting to help your friends, but there's a point, you know, not even just in marriages, there's a point in, in any relationship where the person needs to start doing the work for themselves and they need stuff to stop leaning on you because at, even as a friend, there's only so much advice that you can offer, especially when the person refuses to hear you or refuses to implement that advice. At that point, you need to stop being a sounding board and that person really needs to seek professional advice not necessarily from a counselor it could be like you know um their pastor if they're (laughs) at some point those those conversations and those relationships um start to become heavy and they and they feel more like therapy than a friendship um and that's unfair to the person who has to do the listening you know if you're in turmoil or you feel like your relationship is in turmoil whether it's a friendship or marriage or whatever the situation is there's a, a different kind of um, mental and emotional support and assistance that you're going, you, you should be seeking um, rather than just going to your friend and, and placing that heavy burden on your friend. I think one of the things that we forget is as human beings is that, you know, when we lay heavy loads on people, they don't have anywhere to unload it. And then sometimes where they have to unload it, that person doesn't want to hear it. You know, so when you're talking about this situation, like 
his friend is unloading on him. He naturally wants to go home and unload on his wife. And his wife's like, no, I'm not here. I'm not here for the bullshit. I don't want to listen. I'm not interested because that doesn't impact or affect my life. You know, Sam needs to be doing something more proactive than coming to you to talk to you for you to come to me and talk to me. And really and truly as the husband, you shouldn't be getting involved because there are three sides to every story. There's his side, her side, and somewhere in the middle is the truth. You can't bank on the fact that one person's telling you, oh, this is what I'm doing. They're telling you what they're going through from their perspective and the way that they feel. But there's a whole other perspective and a whole other person and the way that person feels that you're not taking into consideration. You don't live with his wife. So how do you know what's actually happening, right? Yeah. It's unfair. Like, support your friend, but don't be naive in thinking that he's entirely right because that's some bullshit. There's never any one person that's right in a situation. Even when relationships fail, even if one person has the majority of the relationship, of the and granted, there are some people who are just shitty, like people, like people who go through spousal abuse and stuff like that, um, you know, that person just a sack of shit. But oftentimes when it's not an abusive relationship and the relationship ends, it's never... The majority of it can be one person's fault, but it's not ever entirely one person's fault. That's just impossible. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, keep protect your peace. Like, I, I, I'm so big right now in my life, and this is serious, on protecting my peace mentally, Every everything. And so, like, especially when you're in a relationship, you want to, like, it's already difficult to get two motherfuckers on the same page. Don't allow a third person to affect the peace yeah. and balance that you, that you already have to work to to, to get to with a with a, another party so you have to keep all of that once it starts affecting your relationship you have to you have to cut it off it's fine to support your friends fine to give them advice but you, if, it, if it coming home causes issues keep that shit away from your home period point blank we mm-hmm. make it harder than what it actually is it's really not yeah. that hard yes very true I have a question for you before we go. I know that was the last official topic, but I have just this one question for you. I want to present this question to you. Do you feel that it's easier to be happy than what most people make it out to be? Do we do we cause our own unhappiness? Because where I'm at currently in life right now, I really can honestly say I'm, if nothing changes in my life, I'm happy as fuck. And I've gotten there by just focusing on my family, focusing on me, focusing on the things that I enjoy. And no out, no outside force can really affect my happiness at all and it made me think is this just something that i place i am in my life or does can everyone can everyone be happy you just have to stop letting that outside shit come in and affect you what do you think i i i do think that people sabotage their happiness um that's something that i say regularly and it just doesn't make any sense to me um being unhappy being miserable being bitter being disgruntled one it ages you it shortens your lifespan and it just it it negatively impacts everything around you and i think when people if people took an opportunity to look at what they're carrying in terms of negativity and look at the negative things that they're focusing their energy on versus the positives in life people would be a lot happier you know um People don't appreciate the small things. People don't appreciate the little steps. People are always looking for the grandiose moments where they're supposed to be like, oh, that's what I'm going to be happy about. I'm just waiting for this one thing to happen so I can be happy. What are the smaller things that are transitioning in that time frame that are getting you to that big happy? You know, um, People keep bullshit people around in their life because they feel like, okay, if I wait long enough, they'll get me to happy. Or if I wait long enough, they'll do something better and that will make me happy. If you have to be waiting that fucking long to get to happy with a person, mm-hmm. that person's not. 
happen for you. You know what I mean? Your happiness shouldn't be contingent on anyone but yourself. You know, focus on your goals. Do you even have goals? You know, write them down, the small ones and the big ones, and check them off as you go along. You know, where do you see yourself in five years? People don't look at that kind of stuff. They're just looking at the immediate here and now. Today was a shitty day. Okay, that's one day out of 365. So what are you going to throw away the whole fucking year because one day was bad? You know, I, I and it's funny that you you asked me this because I saw a meme the other day that said, you know, if you had $84,000, $84,699 in the bank and you lost $10, would you be upset and say, you know what, fuck it, just throw away the whole $86,688? You know, no, you wouldn't. You would look at the fact that you still have $86,688. You only lost $10, right? Yeah. So if you have one shitty hour out of your day, are you going to throw away the other 23 hours because you had one bad moment in the day? Or are you going to process it and say, you know what, this happened. What can I do to ensure that it doesn't happen again? Or what corrective preventative measures can I take? You know, Or how can I process this so that if it does happen again, I know how to better deal with this situation? Instead of being like, oh my God, fuck it, my whole day is ruined. Oh, I can't get you. And I cannot. There's somebody in my office who literally... If they get one client that frustrates them, the rest of their day, and sometimes a couple of days, are shitty. And I'm just looking at them like, first of all, it's work. You're here eight hours a day. Even if all eight of those hours are bad, there's 16 other hours in the day. Do you not have anything at home that you go to to make you happy? Secondly, like, why why, why do you want to be? And that's the thing, too. People, Some people are happier. I'm not happier. Or more comfortable in being miserable. And I don't fucking get that at all. Like, it's it's like, why would you want to stay in mess? Yeah, it's, it's just crazy. Yeah, sorry. They don't know what to do with happiness, which is why misery is more comfortable because they know how to process that emotion. A lot of people don't know how to process the feeling of euphoria. Yeah. They feel like, okay, I'm happy now. I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. Something bad's got to be coming along with it. No. Why can't you just have a string of good? People are so used to having um, bad strings and knowing how to deal with that, that they really don't know how to process happiness. You know, when you think about when you were a kid, it's the simple things that made you happy because you had no grandiose expectations. Like, oh my God, you got an ice cream cone from McDonald's. Like, what the fuck? My dude, this is the best day I've ever had in my whole life. Because you got an ice cream cone from McDonald's for a whole 99 cents. You know what I mean? Now, as adults, you know, it's like, Okay, what actually makes you happy? There's nothing that makes you happy, right? Because you don't know how to process that. But someone who comes along and does something shitty in your day, like your coworker, they know how to get angry. They know how to cuss. They know how to to send an irritated email. They They know how to do the angry emotions because that's easier. It comes naturally. They don't know how to do the happiness. More people need to learn how to do the happiness. More people need to learn how to just take joy in the small things. You live a lot fucking longer, less wrinkles. It's one of the reasons why I don't look near the age that I am because I take joy in the small moments. Like, yes, there are things that are frustrating and things that don't go right, but am I going to sit and dwell on it so I can get crow's feet and, and look like someone's grandma, even though I, you know, could be someone's grandma, but whatever. No, I'm not trying to do that. You know what I mean? I want to live until I'm 98. I don't want to drop out at 49 because of stress and because I'm angry and because, you know, I didn't stop to like, enjoy the fact that the sun is out and there's no fucking snow on the ground people are outside complaining about the heat and the humidity bitch (laughs) it's not a snowstorm you're not snowed in you can actually go outside and go walk around into the people's sunshine and you're complaining like for real i I don't know 
CJ, I'm happy that you're in a great place. It's a wonderful thing. Your energy feels good. And I know that resonates all around you. I know that your children are happy. You know what I mean? I know the work is going good. Like the podcasts are doing well. The Breaks Network is doing, like there's just a lot of positive things. And the thing is like, when you do the happiness, it translates into so many other areas of your life that even when you have a bad day or a bad moment, it doesn't last because it's just not that important. Well, I feel you. Thank you. And look, I'm, 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 I'm in such just a great mental place. It's ridiculous. And I, I already told you a big part of that is you being in my life because you are a ray sunshine. And I just get to look at your, that beautiful face weekly. Like, look at that. Um, but that's enough, AJ. Tell the beautiful people where they can follow us and hopefully find some happiness through following us. Man, if this podcast doesn't make you happy, we're not doing our thing. We're not doing <laughs> Um, so you can follow us on our social media platforms, Loveless and BAS on Instagram and Twitter. Um, you can also subscribe to our Patreon, where, as CJ said, you get to see full videos, facial reactions, when we laugh, our teeth. Sometimes you can see my eyes, not always, but, you know, <laughs> underneath my bangs. And the red-bearded assassin's beard and the fullness of it, the full-bodiedness of it. You get to see all that good shit. Um, when you subscribe to our Patreon, there are different platforms and definitely different benefits to that. Um, you can listen to us on Stitcher, Speaker, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, Red Circle, and Anchor. Um, you can find me on Instagram at badass underscore and Jones underscore. And I'm also on Twitter at that Jones kid, AJ one. If you want to, um, email us, you can reach us at loveless and badass soul at yahoo.com and peoples. We are a couple of weeks away from our second live show happening in Atlanta, Love, Lust, and Badass Soul, Cool and Deadly, Unadulterated Fuckery 4.0. It's happening in Atlanta, Saturday, July 27th. We have a great uh, sponsorship lineup. We've got Erotic Boudoir, Trap and Healthy Juices, Gerard Art, who is a painter. We have Vodkilla, who is back with us with our signature drinks, the Red Beard Assassin and Murder Pussy, which are must-tries. Um, we also have Be She Cares, and we have some special gifts for everyone from Royal Natural, which is a condom brand. Well, you can follow me at CEO Hayes at C-E-O-H-A-I-Z-E. You can also send us a voicemail or a text, 614-547-2039. We are only a few weeks away from the lot. 22 days to be specific in Atlanta. Listen, I am turning the fuck up at the at the uh, after party. I will not be drinking at the show because I am hosting. I am working technically. But at the after party, listen, if you guys want to see Hayes, you're going to see Hayes in rare form. But I am so excited for everything that we have coming up. Um, also, what we will, some of the stuff will be announcing after the Atlanta Live show. It's a great time to be a part of Love, Lust, and Badass. So, and AJ, I thank you for joining me on this journey and everything that's come with it. Oh, that's love. I love you. Oh, and just to let people know, it is a lingerie and pajama theme. So it's grown. It's sexy. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and there was something else I wanted to tell you, but I don't remember. Uh, you can find us on Eventbrite. Uh, the links are in our bio on all of our pages. Um, so tickets and information is there. If you missed the DC show, especially the live demonstrations that uh, Mr. CJ and I did, you definitely, definitely don't want to miss it. Yeah. Well, 
that has been it. This has been another episode of the best adult podcast around. This is Love Lesson Badass. So we will see you lovely and beautiful people next week. Make sure you go and subscribe on Patreon because we have a we have something special planned for the Patreon episode for this month. So make sure you're there. It's going to be a doozy if you like getting your ass tied up. So we will see you guys there. <laughs> Peace. Guess I got a lot of pride. So much pride, I don't, I don't see myself being hurt. But guess it happens to everybody. <laughs> yeah, it feels the same every day. Like I could travel through time and get right back to it. <laughs> it's funny how pain works. And no matter how bad you want to get out of it, the next person got to deal with it. Fucking my head up. You feel like I hurt you that bad. Uh, good luck. We ain't the same. But I'm the one to blame. I've been dealing with the pressure. Way too much to even measure. Try to keep it all in. But you got me open. Hopeless for you. Oh, oh. Hopeless for you, yeah. oh, oh. I can't afford those losses. That's just my ego talking. You made my heart beat for you. I almost cried too often. I put too much in your hands So much regret in the end It's a shame for you It's a shame for me Is the blame on you I can say the same for me After the wrong is that right How can I look into your eyes This is the truth that I can't find I love you too I love you too much It's a shame for you It's a shame for me Gotta be careful, I know, I know You and me can't be nothing no more I've been looking for something from you I've been getting nothing at all You're such a fucking woman But you're such the fucking one yeah. I can't afford those losses That's just my ego talking You made my heart beat for you I almost cried too often Put too much in your hands So much regret in the end It's a shame for you It's 
a shame for me Is the blame on you I can say the same for me After the wrong is there right How can I look into your eyes This is the truth that I can find I love you too much I love you too much It's a shame for you It's a shame for me They say love is blind, that's some real shit Woke up from a lie into the truth How you fucking lie with a straight face? How can you and I find a safe place? We was in our zone, now you making sudden moves I wish I could cater to you, you know it's a Hard way to love with no Hard way to love with no Trust, that's just my ego talking You made my heart beat for you I almost cry too often But I put too much in your hands So much regret in the end It's a shame for you It's a shame for me Is the blame on you I can say the same for me After the wrong is there right How can I look into your eyes this is the truth that I can find I love you too much I love you too much It's a shame for you It's a shame for me Thank you.